what's the first image that pops into your head when you hear me say the phrase midlife crisis? If you're like most people, you probably think of a man with a receding hairline, driving a shiny new sports car, and chasing age-inappropriate women. It's that archetype that was so brilliantly portrayed by Kevin Spacey when he played Lester Burnham in the Oscar-winning film American Beauty. But having gone through my own existential crisis at age 36 and now having coached men and women through their own midlife crisis across 17 countries, there are three myths that I want to break down for you today. Number one, the whole midlife crisis It's not just exclusive to men. Number two, it's not just something that happens in midlife. And number three, I'm going to argue it's not a crisis at all. Coming up this week on the Life Amplified podcast, we're going to take the midlife discussion out of the realm of stereotypes and into the spiritual significance. Plus, I'm going to give you my five best strategies to manage your midlife awakening. Thanks so much for being here. What is an amplified life? It's having amplified relationships with people who support and encourage you to be your best. It's having amplified energy to conquer the challenges of the day. And it's having an amplified career, one that's meaningful to you, the world, and your bank account. I'm Dan Mason, Life Reinvention Coach, helping you discover your calling and create an amplified life on your terms. This is the Life Amplified Podcast. I recently was blessed with an opportunity to be a guest on my first national daytime TV talk show. I joined the Tamron Hall Show, which is syndicated coast to coast, uh, uh, and was part of a panel of men talking about the midlife crisis. And what an honor. I was you know, speaking alongside people like former NBA champion, Meta World Peace, who won a championship playing with Kobe Bryant on the Lakers many years ago, plus some other men just from all walks of life. They're not necessarily famous, but they have been through that existential crisis of hitting midlife and realizing this ain't it, that there is a next level that they want to get to. I got to tell you, the entire experience of doing TV is pretty crazy. Being on that show and watching them condense your entire life story (laughs) your transformational story into 60 seconds. And because TV is a really visual medium, this is just sort of some funny behind-the-scenes news, you get the most bizarre emails. You know, I'm used to being on the radio or being a podcaster and being an audio storyteller, but in TV, they want the visuals. So I was getting these emails from Tamron Hall's producers who were lovely people, but they're like, Dan, uh, can you send us some more pictures of you when you were really fat? And by the way, do you have pictures of you just surrounded by a lot of food? (laughs) I was like, who is taking that selfie? I got another email from somebody asking, "Um, could you shoot some iPhone video of the kitchen island that you were writing your suicide note at back in 2012? I'm like, well, look, I haven't lived in that house for nine years, and and no, I, I would not keep anything like that on my iPhone. But I say that jokingly, and her team was first rate. It was truly an honor to have a discussion about men's mental health. And even though this show... Uh, you know, reaches millions of people around the country. There was something interesting that happened. My web traffic went through the roof. I had a lot of requests for discovery calls from people who were interested in coaching. And wouldn't you know, two out of three of them were women. 
So that's the first point that I want to discuss today. This is not a conversation that is exclusive to men. Ladies absolutely experience their own midlife awakening as well. Although, as we'll discuss in a couple of minutes, I do think it looks very different for men versus women. We'll get into that in just a moment. But let's talk about what the midlife awakening is and why it's truly a gift. Because at the end of the day, I think so often we boil this conversation down to people at the midpoint in their life desperately trying to reclaim their youth. And when I look back on my journey of where I was in 2012, and when I think about some of the clients who I've had the privilege of working with over the years, what we're really talking about is a desperate effort to reclaim our identity. The psychological significance of this desire for change at midlife, this was first explained by Carl Jung back in the day, the very famous Swiss psychologist. He said that for healthy development, in the first half of our life, that we build this identity and an understanding of who we are based on what significant adults told us is expected of us. That could be parents, that could be teachers, partners, that could be the clergy or a church. But our identity is very much shaped by those older adult influences in our life. And as we experience this, we also learn that some of the authentic parts of ourselves are not acceptable. You know, as I explained on the Tamron Hall show, and by the way, if you want to watch the six-minute segment uh, of my interview with her, uh, I have that up on my website. Just click on the media tab at creativesoulcoaching.net. But one of the things that I explained, you know, when I think back on my childhood is I was a very anxious child. There was a lot of drama swirling around my house all the time. My parents had a very tense message. My mom's moods were very much like a roller coaster. And as a result, I was very anxious at a young age. And what was interesting, that was not safe for me. I did not grow up in a home where there was a safe container for me to process or to talk through difficult emotions. If I got sad as a child, Uh, I was told I was emasculated, pretty much. I was told I was feeling sorry for myself. I was told that I was being a baby. And I think a lot of men can relate to that. We're told that we have to toughen up, that we got to, you know, be a big boy or you got to be tough. You got to dust your knees off and get out there. And, And what's interesting is many of my female clients who had emotionally unattuned fathers grew up the same way. So I was told I couldn't be sad, and I would repress all that sadness over time until it built up and built up and would just come out in fits of anger. But that wasn't safe either. Whenever I went into a state of anger, that was met with some sort of physical hitting in the home by my mother. So then I would sort of do this crazy eight and loop back into sadness, but that would be emasculated. And eventually what happened for me very early in childhood is I was told it's not okay to feel. What was rewarded, on the other hand, was accomplishing things, was conforming, was being, you know, the quote-unquote good boy, right? If For my mom, if I read my Bible and went to church and I listened to her, that was good. As I was old enough to start working, uh, I was juggling two jobs, like bagging groceries after school and then going and doing this on-air job at a tiny little radio station in the middle of nowhere from midnight to 6 a.m., but that was rewarded. Look how hard Daniel is working. So emotions were bad. 
tasks were good. And as a result, I was the guy that built a task-based identity. My value, my sense of who I was in, is just as a man in the world was based on what I was accomplishing. And that set off you know, pretty much a 20-year cycle of running on the corporate treadmill, trying to climb the ladder until I eventually collapsed because those sensitive parts of me, the empathy, the care for other people that was never rewarded, uh, the desire to express myself and, and parts of me and share myself with the world that weren't just based in achievement, those all eventually had to come out. You know, it's like a tea kettle. That thing's going to build up pressure and build up pressure, and eventually it's got to let off steam. And that's what it, I think a lot of the circumstances were that contributed to my midlife awakening. All of the parts of me that were repressed in my unconscious had to come to the forefront. Now, according to Carl Jung, what he would say is that for healthy development in the back half of our life, we need to create an identity based on who we truly are, not who we were conditioned to be. And to do this, we've got to do two fundamental tasks. And this is really the spiritual path. This is what all personal development is about. Number one, it's about journeying inward to reclaim those repressed parts of yourself that weren't safe to express to the world. And number two, you need to create a lifestyle that is actually aligned with that understanding of who you really are. Now, why do we so associate this midlife awakening just to be something that men go through? All I can do is give you my anecdotal evidence after doing, I don't know, 10,000 or so client hours over the past several years with both men and women. I see this happen in many ways. A lot of times for my female clients, that midlife awakening, it's barely visible. For men who are going through that tension, we tend to either withdraw and shut down or we act out in really big and aggressive ways. Now, I don't know why that is, and I always want to be careful on this podcast about trying to sound like I'm mansplaining some things to the ladies, but what I will tell you that I've noticed is like a recurring thread, a through line with many of my female clients when they get to middle age is the tension for them, it's the first time in their life where they're choosing to put their needs ahead of everyone else. And when you think generationally, I know that we are in a time right now in the age of hashtag girl boss and boss and heels and women are really empowered uh, you know, to become the breadwinners, to become the leaders of the organization. And that's beautiful. But if you think about women, you know, it, from their late 30s, maybe through their 60s, what is the home that they grew up in? A lot of times they were told that their job was to support the man, that you had to find a good man to take care of you. This was just some of the built-in conditioning that a lot of women either were specifically told or had demonstrated for them in childhood. So, so many of the women who come to me, and I think that this is another reason why the pandemic, when you look at the research, mental health-wise, it's hit women harder because it's not just juggling the responsibilities of work-from-home culture. Women, according to the research, are more inclined to take on the bulk of the responsibilities in raising the children, the education, and the housework. So it's become three full-time jobs, and you never get to leave the house 
And this is why women are disproportionately either leaving the workforce or if you look at the statistics that Sheryl Sandberg's put out with the with the Lean In Foundation, why women are suffering worse mental health problems than men right now. This is the moment where it's coming to a head that eventually for you to create an authentic life uh, aligned with who you are, you've got to be able to fill your cup before you are taking care of everybody else. Side note on that, men, when you look at the research, we got to do better. (laughs) 70% of women in the research are saying that over the course of this pandemic, that they have not had the emotional support from their partner that they need. And meanwhile, 70% of men are saying that they've gone above and beyond. So there is a disconnect somewhere there. And it's a good time, if nothing else, listen to this podcast with your partner and let that be the gateway to opening up a very honest, vulnerable conversation. But, you know, most of the women who come to me have some sort of declaration that they share that they don't want to be at everybody else's beck and call anymore, that they want to learn to say no. And that's a bit of an inner process, right? It's not visible to the world, but that tension builds up inside. Now, men, on the other hand, for whatever reason, tend to act out much more when they're going through this midlife awakening. Uh, They can withdraw, they can shut down, or they will begin acting out, you know, with very showy, visible behaviors. If you think of the analogy that I used about Kevin Spacey in the movie American Beauty, remember he was just like working out in the garage constantly and getting ripped. So it could be excessive exercise. It could be where I was back in the day, just sort of this idea of endless acquisition of if I get more, I will feel better, but it can manifest as affairs, uh, workaholism, any sort of other addiction to push down the inner turmoil. And as we've discussed, anything that gets repressed will eventually turn into depression, uh, which is where I was when I was at rock bottom in 2012. And no matter what gender you are, you know, as you collapse on yourself, it will very much feel like a crisis in the moment. But as one of my mentors used to say, the universe has shaken you to awaken you. That sometimes those external structures that we have put so much faith in that we believe give us value or make us important or make us worthy of love, sometimes those need to crumble so that we turn within and realize that we're inherently worthy of love, that we were born with inherent value, that that was never in question, that our value was established the moment that we were created. And before I give you these five tips to navigate your midlife awakening, there's one other thing I want to share. This is not necessarily about midlife. It was interesting when I was on the Tamron Hall show, they just kept going to this idea of, Dan, you were 40 years old. I'm like, well, actually, no, I was was 36. And they're like, Dan, you were 40 years old. And I get it. That's part of the narrative and and part of the story that people want to build. But there's also the idea that we've heard many millennials talk about, about their quarter life crisis. I believe it was John Mayer who first coined that phrase. So this can happen you know, within a few years of leaving college, after you've gotten a job and you're climbing the ladder and you realize that your life is misaligned. I have one client who I introduced you to. We interviewed her on the podcast last year, uh, Louise, who lives in Canada, 
who was 69 years old when this all came to a head for her, repeating the same patterns in relationships, being over-responsible for everybody else. And here she is at 69, and, you know, the last third of her life, she's very clear she plans to make it to 100. But for the first time ever, she's finally learned how to tune into her own needs, and she's created this amazing relationship and experiencing love at a level that she never has with a partner in her life. So whether you're 25, whether you're 40 years old, or whether you're 70, let's throw out the expectation that this is a midlife issue and just know that this is a transformational time for you. Great, Dan. How do we do it? Glad you asked. I want to walk you through these five key points that I think are going to help you navigate this time in your life. Number one, acknowledge the emotions that are coming up. I know in my life for so many years, I would either shame myself for how I felt. I would listen to a lot of the voices around me and just be like, well, who am I to complain about my life? You know, I'm hanging out with celebrities. I live in a beautiful home. I don't have to want for anything. All my bills are paid. I felt like the most ungrateful dick in the world for a good four years, you know, believing that I should appreciate what I had. And yes, gratitude is where it's at. Uh, We should always live in a state of gratitude, but we don't use gratitude as a crutch to not step in to a next level, to, to avoid a higher calling. So rather than taking these unpleasant emotions and treating them the same way your caretakers did when you were growing up, rather than telling yourself, why am I being such a baby? I need to toughen up. I'm too emotional. I'm too much. All the stories that we get into Sit with those parts of yourself, invite them to the table and start asking rather than why is this happening and how can I not feel this? Start asking more empowering questions. What is trying to emerge through me right now? What new gifts, talents, message wants to be expressed and shared with the world? And if there's a lot of pain in your life, if you're feeling really hurt and sensitive, you can get curious and be like, what age is this part of me? What age is that inner child that I have neglected and pushed away in the name of going out and achieving and trying to acquire more or take care of other people in the external world? And what you'll notice is, and we know this through neuroscience, that if you can just sit with an unpleasant emotion for two minutes, it will begin to move through you. You Now, sometimes they come back you know, if we don't do the deeper healing work or make some new life decisions. But nobody has ever died from feeling an unpleasant emotion. If you look over the course of history, a lot of people have died from pushing down unpleasant emotions, which brings me to the second step here when you're navigating this midlife awakening is you want to avoid any addictive or compulsive behaviors. When we don't feel safe to feel in our lives, if you grew up with any sort of childhood coding the way that I did, if you believe that your value is in doing and not feeling, the minute that those emotions come up, you're going to find some way to cope. Now, what does that look like with people who come to me? It looks like wine and Netflix at night. It looks like eating a shit ton of sugar. 
Uh, it can look like seeking out affairs, whether it be emotional or physical adulterous affairs. It can look like addictive behaviors. You know, over the course of the last year in this pandemic, alcohol and weed consumption have gone through the roof. For other people, it's workaholism. It could be uh, online shopping. It could be gambling. I don't know what your outlet is because we haven't spoken yet, but it doesn't really matter. They're all rooted in the same place. It's a coping mechanism to not feel. So being able to identify what yours is and break that pattern when you want to go grab a beer, when you want to numb out and, and binge watch more Shit's Creek on Netflix, how could you better love yourself through that time in your life? And you certainly don't have to do it alone. That brings me to the third step of navigating your midlife awakening. You have got to have support. Nobody gets through it alone. When I was on the Tamron Hall show, she, she really pointed out how women tend to get together more and support each other through these things. You know, that's the, the stereotype of boozy brunch. Women are sort of built in to support each other. There's a lot of men, and this was the case for me back in the day. I didn't feel comfortable being vulnerable, and I didn't know who to go to. And there would be times I would dip a toe in the water with some of the relationships in my life and express my desire to move out of this career that felt misaligned. My ex-wife, uh, she was my wife at the time, but now ex, her response was, absolutely not. We have a lifestyle to maintain. And what she was really saying in that is, Dan, you have a lifestyle to maintain for the family because she didn't work. And that was fine for me at the time, but there was a tremendous pressure. One of the questions somebody asked me recently was, if I had never gotten divorced, would I have gone on pursuing this path of purpose? And I'm sort of embarrassed to say this because I know it's not the right answer, but I believe it's the truthful one. I never would have left radio. Uh, there is an alternate universe out there somewhere where there's a version of Dan who is even more overweight than I was before, who is still married with a couple of kids and who feels like my obligation in life is to continue to produce, to make money and support my family. And look, this is the case. You know, if you have children and if you have a family, you certainly have a responsibility to take care of people around you. But... Your one true obligation in life is to discover your purpose and make it real on earth. We'll get to that coming up in a moment. But that's the conversations I would have with my ex-wife when I went to my father, you know, who also worked in radio and I was following his footsteps. The first thing out of his mouth from a very loving place wanting to look out for me is like, well, Daniel, I don't know many jobs out there that are going to pay $165,000 a year. You better just... You know, you just keep working so you don't have to, and then one day you can go do whatever you want. And that's the mentality, right? As we run on the treadmill, we acquire, we sell our souls for the salary and the 401k, and then at 65, hopefully you got enough in the bank where you can walk away. But most people, after living in the stress of the unaligned life, drop dead within five to seven years of the retirement, so they never get around to making their mark. Everything changed for me when I started seeking support from people who got me and got where I was at, either because they've been through it on their own or that they were actively working through it in the moment. So a lot of times we'll go looking for permission from the people in our lives 
to step into this next level of expansion. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about seeking out support. It's why coaching containers are so powerful. It's why my Amplified Monthly Membership is such a powerful coaching container because you have me as uh, your expert coach, but you also have an amazing community of other people who are on the same transformational path as you, and you start building these relationships. When you can go to somebody and be heard and seen and experienced for who you are, man, it's just like you can, you can step back and breathe. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So that's the third step is to seek support. The fourth step is we talk about navigating your midlife awakening. It's attuning, attuning to your own soul, your spirit, your purpose, whatever word most resonates for you. But this is a good time to start taking inventory on what are the things that I dream about at night? What are the things that I daydream about when I'm sitting at my desk and I can't focus on the task at hand? A lot of times, those that's the gateway to your unconscious. That's your unconscious mind whispering and nudging to you that it's time to make a change. Another question that you could also use are who are the people that I most admire in the world? Because those people that you see that are doing amazing work that you so respect, all they're doing is reflecting back to you an untapped potential that you have not found within yourself yet. You know, when I had gotten out of my marriage, but I was still navigating or trying to navigate my exit out of corporate, I did this exercise and I realized that the people who resonated with me were Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey, people who were dedicating their life to lifting up others. Those were always the people that I was like, wow, that's what I aspire to. I just didn't believe it was possible for me. And when you have the right support, whether it be through your coach, a therapist, uh, you can start getting to the core of where those beliefs came from that you're allowed to want, but you can't have. But the first thing that you have to do is honor the desire in the first place. And that moves us into the fifth step of navigating your midlife awakening. You know, this spiritual rising up within yourself, it's just there to lead you down one path and one path only. And I believe that that is the path of purpose. As I recently sent out on an email to my mailing list, I said that is the one word answer for any life reinvention. And it's it's the way you bridge the gap from the baggage of the past and stepping into an exciting new future where you're thriving and alive. And when you know your purpose, everything changes. That's where the meaningful career is built. That's where you experience abundance in all forms. Relationships, soulmate relationships are either attracted or you reignite the relationships that you're in. Because you're not showing up as this miserable person to be around. You become a magnet for people because you're showing up as the most lit up, happy, vibrant version of yourself. You know, when you're aligned with your purpose, that's when confusion is replaced with clarity and confidence. It's the biggest thing in my life that helped me get unstuck and truly create the life that I have today. Now, if you don't know your life's purpose yet, that's fine. Most people don't, but that's another reason, you know, to reach out, to get support, to make that your priority, you know, especially as we re-enter the world from lockdown. There are so many people who are having anxiety right now. Yes, there's some people who are worried about the virus or the mutations and is it safe to go back into the office? 
But I don't think it's so much about physical well-being. I think it's about emotional well-being. People are like, can I still protect these relationships and be present with my kids? Can I take the time to even walk the dog or to do some yoga in the morning? Or do I have to go uh, giving all of my time, all of my energy to a corporation, my boss, all the other people in my community. And what I would say is, is when you don't know the reason that you're born or what you're here to do, it's very easy to fall back into alignment with everyone else's vision for your life. So those are the key talking points today as we talk about the midlife crisis, air quotes. It's not a crisis. It's an awakening. It's not exclusive to men. Women go through it too, although we act out in different ways. And it has nothing to do with midlife. This can happen to you at any age when the tension of being something you're not becomes too much, where that starts to outweigh the risk of committing to a personal transformation. Then as you want to navigate that process, number one, we want to acknowledge the feelings that are coming up for you, make them welcome, befriend that wounded part of yourself. We want to avoid the addictive or compulsive behaviors that we would use to push down the unpleasant emotions. Number three, it's the game changer. You have got to have the right support in your corner. And once you do that, you can begin to attune to yourself, your real goals, your ambitions, the ones that are relevant for this season of your life and not the things you were told to want 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And then eventually you can get on the path of bringing your purpose to life. If you need some extra support to get through this, by the way, uh, I have places open right now for one-on-one coaching, also in my Amplified Monthly Membership Group Coaching Program, which you can get started on uh, for as little as $297 for a three-month commitment. Got info on both my private coaching and my group coaching right now at my website. But fill out that application. It will take you through to schedule a complimentary discovery call with me. And uh, we'll set aside 30 minutes. We'll talk about where you're at where it is you see yourself going, and how I can help you bridge the gap to get there sooner. If the podcast is serving you today, if this is something that was personally meaning for you, or you know somebody who is going through it, would you please do me a favor and share this? You can screenshot the podcast, upload it to Instagram or Twitter. Be sure to tag me at CSC Dan Mason. Don't forget uh, to click subscribe and follow us, whether you're on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. would love for you to be getting those notifications as we're bringing out new content throughout the year. And if you're so moved to do so, Apple listeners uh, would love your heartfelt reviews. Five stars, if you're down for that. Wouldn't be mad at you if you took a moment out of your day to do that. But in any case, it means the world to me that you took 30 minutes out of your week to be here. It's an honor to serve you. Thank you so much for being part of my community. I'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity. Turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live Life Amplified.